<laughs> are you all right yeah fright flight is just a fun time man i love it it is fright flight fright flight annual three, three. we're back ghouls ghosts and spirits and zombies and whatever else we have aboard goblins ghouls ghosts and goblins i feel like goblins might be a little insensitive to our british listeners leprechauns insensitive to our irish listeners but what if they're in the hood <laughs> then they're a bad movie so insensitive to everyone insensitive everyone has to watch it oh okay eh, seems fun to me uh, anyways back to fright flight we're on our third annual this year so this year like last year and the year before we took a crack at four youtube series that are known for being horror yeah and it seems this year we may have accidentally stumbled upon a theme not on purpose but kind of analog horror which my understanding of just seeing the groupings of things listed under the analog horror category after looking up afterwards kind of just means does it look like it was recorded on a retro camera or done for television in like the 70s or 80s maybe the 90s congratulations you have analog horror now (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like analog horror. Yeah, that's like three of the four things we have here. It's just horror that looks like it was set before the change to digital. Yeah, basically the idea is that, well, this is real clearly because it's not made for the internet because it, it this horror thing that's happening is before the internet. Yeah, you wouldn't make up lies and put them on the internet. God, no. Just like I wouldn't download a car. <laughs> So I guess we'll start with probably what the most popular one from this year, 2022, The Backrooms. Like, the popularity is obviously so large that like everyone kind of knows it. There's jokes about it. I There's think, games. I think the first Backrooms video has 49 million views. It was a fuck ton. I didn't pay attention. So many views. The first video being in the very aptly titled The Backrooms. Found, Found footage. footage. Which starts as a VHS style student film. Yeah, we have like a kid in a monkey mask creeping around a shipping container to start all another one. We're given the um, clapboard intro to this and then the student director is basically like, okay, now let's go for a wide shot. As the cameraman is backing up, he trips and falls out of reality. Yeah. Oh snap, there goes gravity. And he ends up in a weirdly pale yellowish room. Basically, it's like walk doctor's office from like the 40s or 50s. Everyone's just been chain smoking in there the entire time. So it's like the uncomfortably sickly yellow that you just get from it, nicotine it, buildup on the walls. It looks like our aunt's apartment circa 2004. That too. Yeah. Except it's infinite. The halls go on forever. There's places forever. And hopefully it doesn't smell like ammonia and cigarette smoke. Yeah, yeah, that. Our cameraman walks around this infinite labyrinth of yellow walls with yellow carpet. Yeah, he's at first he calls out like for his friends or to anyone eventually, and obviously no response. At some point he finds like two walls that aren't quite all the way together, and there's like a tiny like two finger wide crack that goes, a space between them, not a crack. And he can see into another area where it's just more of the same yellow floors and yellow walls. Forever. Again, because it's infinite. Yeah. My first exposure to the backrooms, I was 100% certain that in some way, shape, or form, this is inspired by the yellow wallpaper. Yeah, it would make sense. It really, really would. Yeah, especially with the patterning on the wallpaper, like, when you get close-ups, it just feels like there's some type of inspiration there. Yellow wallpaper, a great horror short story if you're in for a good read for this month of Halloween. Yeah, it'll probably take up less of your time than this episode of Co-Pilots will. It probably will take you less time than this episode. It's not that long of a short story, but 
Our cameraman wanders through the back rooms. And it seems to me, at least for a bit here, initially, as we wander a bit more, the shadows seem to be getting deeper and darker, which is a nice little slight development. Yeah, I don't think the lighting is consistent in any way. It's or really like not. Trends like trends in any direction, it, for it, real. For like a beat there, it seems like it's getting darker, and then it just goes back to how it was. So There's even a part where, well, we'll get to it. So as he wanders, he eventually finds a square hole in a wall. Yeah. With a ladder leading up to it. He climbs up it, goes through the hole. And it's more yellow rooms, mm-hmm. the same stuff. But actually the lighting here makes it look almost green mm-hmm. but i still think it's supposed to be yellow yeah it definitely is and then as he's wandering he finds an arrow drawn on the wall and that arrow leads to more arrows and he's like okay okay and he follows it and he gets to a wall that has a window drawn on it and a face some writing and one phrase that we actually get to really see and read don't move stay still yes or if we're taking our reading lessons from the seminal horror piece, The Walking Dead, don't stay, move still. Or from poorly designed and plotted out shirts, don't still, move stay. I don't know what you're referring to here. I don't know. I've just seen badly laid out shirts, but I suppose you read certain ways. Mm. Um, and there's some kind of distorted noise. Our camera run starts to run off well, the way he came. Yeah. And then we get a glimpse of a tall black shadow figure chasing him. It looks like a baby siren head, if you know what siren head is. Without the siren on its head. Yeah. It's siren head sand siren. Yeah. So just head. I guess, technically. Sure. But anyways, it's chasing him, and he sees he has one option. That's to jump down a square hole, because everything is square or rectangular for the most part in this area. I don't think he intentionally jumps down the hole. He kind of, like, is running and... Well, we see it. We see him look back. That's, that's the second hole. I don't think he sees this one. He just is running, looks over his shoulder, and falls. I mean, we see it following him twice. We cut to the camera looking behind him twice during this entire chase thing. It seemed to me he jumped. Either way, he ends up down a hole. And the video briefly cuts, and then we find him staring at a set of stairs. It looks like a bluish light room, and then a yeah, dark... Bluish, like, the bluish room looks almost like a kitchen. Like I was going to say it looks almost like a meat locker, like a, a clean meat locker, so not horror movie stereotype, but like yeah. actual, like what you have to be at standards to operate one of those or a morgue yeah um and he ignores that which is kind of the fusion between a kitchen and a morgue and goes up the stairs mm-hmm. and the stairs take him to a place with wooden floors and white walls well, and for he- some reason though as he goes up the stairs he- we see not really that he goes up the he or towards them and then we cut to the camera looking down the stairs and lights are flicking on and well, off down he's there he's flicking the lights on and off it's, I assumed that's what he was doing. You hear a light switch. Like, yeah, yeah, but he, he's doing it. We technically don't see him doing it. We can't prove he's doing it, but yeah, I assume no, he it's is. Him doing it. He found a light switch and was like, I'm going to play with this. It was the, it's the first light switch he's seen in the entire place. He's like, what? Ooh, on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off. Yeah, yeah. And if this was a horror movie and not like an internet like creepypasta. When he, Something would have jump scared him. When he turned it off at one point, the black thing would have just come barging out of the darkness up the yeah. stairs at him. But that's not the case. And he ends up in, like you were saying, a area with white walls, a dark wood floor. To me, it looks very much like an art gallery setup. Yeah, and then he sees a chair over by an actual window, the first window we've seen in the entire building. Looks more like a cutout window, but yes. Walks over there and looks out onto a courtyard that has like paths and grass and other windows have lights on in them. And obviously, you know, like every good quad has nowadays. A nice, smooth white roof covers all of it. Just so you never have to see the sun. Yeah, the sun's horrible. Everyone knows this. Honestly, he seems freaked out. I'm thinking this seems like a pretty great place to live. So he continues exploring and finds a dumpster with a rope next to it. Which he seems confused by, but I'm just like, that makes sense for, like, someone's art installation. There's a trash can with a string of numbers and letters on it. There's a rope. It's set into this alcove. This is clearly someone's art project. So we back. We go back to wandering. Mm-hmm. He's wandering around the place, and he comes to an, a ledge. 
Yeah. And across from him, across this gap, is another area that comes to this ledge. Mm-hmm. And then to his left and right are other areas that just come to these ledges and up and down. Same thing for infinity in all directions. Yeah, the area across right. from him is like more of like a stone gray, like industrial like hallway. More like what you would find in a parking garage almost, but more like the bridge to a parking garage. You're starting to transition to just like the concrete structure. And that's why I have called this structure across from him the infinite parking garage. But he's also in an infinite parking garage. You can see, we can no, see he's in the infinite art gallery so you can see to his left and right that these all come to the same yeah, yeah. terminal he's spot. in the infinite art gallery across from is the infinite parking garage now he just needs to find the infinite like tgifs or something and there's also an infinite void beneath him yeah which is weird when he goes back down a hole later and ends up back in the yellow room because that implies the yellow room also comes to this he doesn't go wall. down a hole to end up in the yellow room after this, we don't really see where he goes from here. Oh, we yeah, just no, catch no. him walking. He, he, he goes upstairs. Mm-hmm. You're right. He's walking down a different hallway. He fell down a mm-hmm. hole to get to here. My He's bad. walking down a different hallway, which is sparsely filled with filing cabinets. And on his right is a door, which is labeled fire exit. It's the first door you've seen. Yeah. So he pushes the push bar and we see some stairs. Just It's a plain hallway. It's actually rather short and not too steep of an angle. So he goes up and out, and he's back in the yellow area. And so instead of going back into the white area where he hasn't seen any monsters trying to chase him or kill him. He and just... he didn't interact with these filing cabinets at all either. He was just like, okay, up the stairs. Oh, it's the it's the scary place. This cameraman is terrible at point and click adventure games. Yeah. Didn't even touch the filing cabinets. No, didn't touch the filing cabinets, didn't try to open the dumpster. Didn't pick up the rope in case he needs to use it later. Like to descend into one of the other levels of the parking garage? Exactly. And we didn't see him like try to touch the darkness. Maybe it wasn't her. Maybe that was all painted illusion. He tried nothing. He didn't even stick the camera out past the edge of the boy. Yep. Because Ben's a point and clicks. Anyways, though. So, wanders around the yellow areas for a while. Walking down a yellow hall. We start hearing some sounds. And then a black figure flies across the hall, slams into a wall, turns to face him and starts running at him. So he runs, and then he hides in this very, very dark shadow, and he's just kind of... Yeah, this, like, little... Alcove. Alcove. And he's trying to hide, but he's... Obviously, because he's like, man, I gotta get this footage, though. Has the camera peeking back that way, and we see the thing walk slowly past him we agree that it was called head we see head walking slowly past him and so he turns to leave and he starts slowly walking and he starts kind of like jogging and then we hear it pick up and it's following him now so he's running and so he's running and he's running and he sees this pit in front of him he kind of looks back he kind of hesitates he slows down hesitates looks down the pit it's a very large pit but he hesitates too long because head grabs him and the camera falls down the pit. Yeah, we see the camera turn around to see it, turn back towards the pit, and then we see the camera go flying off as he gets grabbed by it. And the camera just falls down the pit and back into reality. Well, it falls down the pit, around a corner, more down, around another corner. And then back into reality. Yeah, the gravity of that place is fun. And gravity returns. As it falls from the sky down to earth. It falls very far. The fact that the camera is still running when it hits the ground is ridiculous. The fact that it's still running and the lens isn't like broken in a manner that is visible to its actual camera, mm-hmm. the, the recording piece. This camera Crazy. is indestructible. Mm-hmm. It must be made by Nokia. I would think so, yeah. So it seems. So that's episode one. What do you think of the back rooms? I like the infinite parking garage. It's neat. It was a good visual. So I'm going to say this, and I want you to know that I, I have never played, nor do I ever plan on playing a video game based on the back rooms. Yeah. But this would be a cool video game. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I know there's a back rooms video game, but that doesn't look good. There's it's like, just like a walk. There's like 17 of them yeah, on Yeah, but the, on everything I've seen is just like, walk through the creepy back rooms. It's just like, uh, don't get got by the creepy guy. Okay. No, no. If you oh, want to play a game. My that, head. Don't get caught by head. If you want to play a game that I would assume 
is just kind of the, like the weird exploration but they're the uh, most um like that's what you're looking for i would suggest control it does that and has story and weird scp things yeah so the next video well i guess i should give my my take on episode one yeah what are your thoughts it's very boring <laughs> true like too much yellow too much yellow hallways they're boring it's a i want to say i like internet creepypasta stuff yeah there's just nothing going on in this one why are so many internet creepy things just boring? They're all going for ambiance, almost like they're trying to recreate liminal space photography. But like the way Reddit thinks liminal sp- space photography is, which isn't by definition what the word liminal means at all. If you've ever looked at like liminal photography on Reddit and looked up what liminal photography is by definition, they're just wrong. In fact, there's this great YouTube video that I can't remember off the top of my head where a guy was just like, I decided to do liminal photography because I liked it. And I submitted a bunch of things to Reddit and all the few things that they did except are the pieces that aren't actual liminal photography i just added a color filter to an empty place look it's a playground but it's slightly sapia liminal photography that's not liminal no so episode two is entitled mar 11 underscore 90 underscore archive dot tar it starts with the text data not accessible on a blue background yes the background changes a little bit it then says reformatting and then it says loading quotation archive dot tar and then we get grainy footage of a weird room. It's a back room. It's uh-huh. in yellow. So the back rooms, yes. Yep. Then we get a circuit board. Then we get another static image. And it's a room filling with liquid from a pipe that reminds me of the shark room from Resident Evil 1. Yeah, the pipe feels like its job is intentionally fill the place with water. Yeah, it's supposed to be flooding the place with water. Which you seems you know, like a bad design because that ceiling is definitely one of those shitty like drop ceilings. Yeah, and the, the water's going up towards the ceiling. Uh-huh. And, like, and you have plastered fucking poles. It's definitely not like how in Resident Evil you need to turn off the water flow to get through an area. Yeah. yeah, it's just supposed to be filling. Mm-hmm. I think this is them trying to like test the back rooms. Yeah, the, the pipe definitely is additionally added to the room. So, anyways, though, we then see a man at what I think is an old data computing device. Yeah, it's a computing device of some sort. His face is blacked out. Mm-hmm. He's taking notes. Then we see another guy at a. He's in, like the back of a computer, box? essentially. Yeah, like and there's wires and cables all around him. Like maybe His the face back is blacked of a, out. Um, circuit switch for a mainframe or some shit. His face is also blacked mm-hmm. out. And then we have what looks like a server farm being set up, really. It's a very large room, and we see several server banks that aren't fully plugged in to I each other know, yet. I don't know if it's like a server farm, but it's definitely like a lab of some sort that hasn't been fully set yeah. up. Then we get another image of a man. His eyes are blacked out, but not the rest of his mm-hmm. face. And now we actually have like a collar, like actual collar in these photos. And, yeah, and he's looking through a window out into the mm-hmm. back rooms while and he's, he's sitting at a more modern computer. It's got a boxy like design. 90s, early, late 90s, early, early 2000s. 2000s. Yeah. The kind of computer that if you were me, you could in elementary school yeah yeah back when floppy disks were still a thing yep i feel old you are but also floppy disks weren't a thing like they had floppy disk drives on our computers but, like none of my classmates knew what floppy disks were yeah and when we- i when i was using them to save my writing one of the after school teachers was like why are you using a floppy drive? And I was like, I have them. What else do you use? A flash drive? Who can afford flash those? Flash drives are expensive. <laughs> yeah, it's like 30 bucks for a one gigabyte flash drive. Why would I pay that? I have a fuck ton of floppy disks. Yes, they're like 64 megabytes each, but do you know how many word files that holds? Enough. Three. Like Enough. three. <laughs> Anyways, though, we then get a shot of just one of the yellow rooms. One of the doorways is surrounded on a red border, and it's listed as Null Zone 4. And then we have a bunch of grading wording off to the side that seems to be noting something. And it seems to be talking about electron discrepancies causing something or other. I didn't care enough to pause on a not-grainy image or look it up to see what it says. And then we get a static image that looks like we're inside of a machine of some sort. So I called it a weird pipe tunnel that is what my mind imagines the inside of a solar panel to look like. It kind of looks like the hallways in a submarine. 
brain? Kind of. My brain was also like, if you struck me down and then made me explore an environment like a video game or a book or a movie does all the time, I feel like that's what the inside of a solar panel would look like if I was small enough. Anyways, we then cut to black. And that's the end. Yep. It should be mentioned that all these static images are set to a melody that has like static in the yeah. melody. It's very generic music. Yeah. But yeah, that's the back rooms. Episodes one and two. So the question we ask at the end of every show, would you watch more? No. Me too. <laughs> no, like it, there's nothing there. Ooh, like the only mildly interesting thing is a null zone, an electron discrepancy. Maybe if you supplied me with this information in any other form of storytelling. Yeah, diagrams are kind of boring, Rather guys. than just because a diagram, despite being visual, is not show, don't tell. But heads somewhere in the back room. Ooh. I really enjoyed Head back in the 1990s when he was a professional wrestler. His other name was like Al Snow. Mm-hmm. I preferred him before he dropped the room from his last name and, you know, he was doing those television spots, Max Headroom. Like, mm. great work. I really enjoyed him after he added the P-E to his name, though, and dropped the A when he was just Head P-E. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. He, he was making, like, experimental industrial grunge. Honestly, he's just had a very, very varied career. Yeah, now he's... He's like some weird fragmented glitch demon it's neat it's nice to see his work again <laughs> it's nice to see him getting work in 2022 yeah. yeah anyways though our next thing that we did that we watched we didn't do any of these these all require some form of creative effort which we clearly don't have which is why we're reviewing them instead is local 58 which you can find which i was going to mention before but i forgot to so the back rooms you can find on the channel kane pixel on and, youtube and you can find it in the fright flight 3 playlist yes we will have list everything but i'm also going to credit where they're at on youtube as we talk about it obviously you should do that i yeah. didn't write the names down so now we're going to go to local 58 which you can find on their youtube channel local 58 tv and the first episode is you are on the fastest available route yes and we open up with a local 58 programming card which generic like tv music yeah i Uh, I mean i was gonna explain it for people who don't know what the fuck those are so like hold music yeah and a programming card is a thing that televisions used to have back when one there was cable or satellite television satellite television not so much but some channels still had them well i think local channels still have them sometimes maybe a few like especially the late night but who watches local channels here's my explanation I think the last time I watched like a local channel and saw one of these news cards was like nine years ago. Uh-huh, something like that. But it, it's basically just a guide or a schedule that the channel themselves have posted on the television. In between shows or commercials. That way you know what's coming next. That way if you want to stick around. I think the last time I saw one, it was like, everybody loves Raymond, King of Queens, King of Queens, King of Queens, Scrubs. Okay. Scrubs. The last time I saw one, I feel like it doesn't count because it never counts. It was... An Adult Swim one. Oh, yeah. Adult Swim does them. That That's probably where most people are familiar with them. Yeah, probably. Because Adult Swim just like ran it. And more often than not, a lot of theirs were a joke. They were doing a parody of it, basically. Anyways, though, we get the programming card. And it says 12.05, the midnight movie. One fifty-five paid programming. And then somebody starts hitting the backspace key. And paid programming gets deleted. And that, that's not how these things really work most of the time. It's generally a still card, but okay. And then the screen cuts to a car driving down a road in the rain. Mm-hmm. We get the voice of a GPS telling us that the destination is estimated two hours and 28 minutes yes and we have the camera line of date and time it is 2014 november 21st 157 a.m camera cuts the time is now 202 a.m yep you should have mentioned at the top of this the footage is all black and white and grainy yes it's very very grainy but the camera cuts back in it's 202 we're still just driving cuts back out cuts back in time is 322 a.m and the gps is telling us that it has to reroute because there is traffic ahead mm-hmm. there is no visible traffic yeah. ahead 
We also have some sound, but not a lot here. It's just like a Thunder bit of... Thunder and lightning and rain. A bit of rain, a bit of background sound. I'm just pointing this out because at no point during any of this do we ever hear the person driving. Yeah, no, we don't. You're right. We cut back in again. It's 4.47 a.m. And the GPS tells us, arrive at destination in 14 minutes. It's also no longer raining, which is nice. So if you're following along, two hours and 20 minutes added onto the start time of one hour 57 would give us about 4.25 as a finish. Mm-hmm. And this is four. 47 so we're already 24 minutes past our finish time yeah and it's telling us that it's going to take another 14 minutes yeah so then we cut to the car and it seems to be slowing down a bit it's, it's now 5 12 a.m yep and to me it sounds almost like they have a flat tire because we hear a bit of a thumping it feels like it's definitely kicking something up like there might mm-hmm. be some rocks on the road or something it's not yeah. gravel road but, like... but it's like you're getting close to back road area mm-hmm. if you've ever been on back road or stuff you know what i'm talking about and the GPS tells us, rerouting, make a U-turn. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to 527 AM. They are on a gravel road in the middle of a fucking forest. I think it's more like a dirt road. Well, there's, there's gravel on it. You can okay. hear the gravel. You can see the gravel, and they're bumping up and down. It's not a good road, but there's definitely gravel on it. Okay, yeah, that feels fair. And then, as they're driving, the GPS is telling them to keep going. Then follow signs for do not enter. Mm-hmm. And then it tells them to continue on the road. It keeps telling them that. It says, continue on unnamed road, and then in 300 feet, turn off your headlights. Mm-hmm. So they get to wherever they need to go and they turn off their fucking headlights okay before we do the reveal here can we agree that if your gps is telling you to follow signs that say do not enter and then also telling you hey in the middle of the night in this dark place in the middle of the forest turn off your headlights can we agree that your gps is possessed at this point i mean can we agree that i probably would have stopped at like a gas station or some shit when my gps decided to reroute me when there was no traffic in front of me because it's 20 fucking 14 and i have a smartphone yeah we all didn't have smartphones in 2014 though justice yeah you know i understand but i mean i personally would have done this if we're in the situation of hey if we were in this situation with you i would my smartphone broke that year and i was spent half the year using a silver flip phone <laughs> those are fun though yeah anyways though the driver stops the car like they're told to we get some glitchy sounds and the driver stops their car like and the driver stops their car like the gps tells them to and then we get some glitchy sound the video gets a bit scuffy they turn off their headlights mm-hmm. and then when the video comes back we see a brief glimpse of just a really good cosplay of death from adventure time if you know who i'm talking about all skeletony horse head really? skeleton horse head i get what you're going for but really it looked more like head's cousin yeah black elongated and then their head was instead of being vertical was sideways also they weren't really black it was more of a, a whitish actually mm, maybe yeah because they were standing out of the black forest in the trees anyways though then the camera cuts again and we see that whoever it is has not been magically compelled by their gps to end up here they do have free will of some sort because they're driving the fuck away in the opposite direction from what their gps is telling them and the time now is 5 32 a.m so for between them stopping their car, turning their lights out, turning their lights back on, and now driving away from the entity. Really fucking five fast minutes to the point passed. where they are catching air on these. But like five minutes has passed. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how long they had their lights out for or how long they sat there and looked at the thing before deciding to run away. But yeah. And we're hearing a lot more sounds in the background now. The audio hasn't quite recovered from coming back on. It's still iffy. And, and we're hearing the GPS constantly telling them. Rerouting. Make a U-turn. Your destination is behind you. Well, it says that once, and then it says your destination is in 450 feet. Your destination well, is first in... it says your destination is behind you. Yeah, and then it says your, your destination, destination is behind you. And then it, then it starts saying your destination is in 500 feet. Your destination is in 300 feet. Your destination is in 250 feet. Your destination is in 100 feet. Your destination is right ahead. And then it cuts out. No, then it says, you have arrived at your destination. It does that after we come back. It cuts off saying you're about to arrive at your destination. It says you have arrived at your destination before it cuts out. No, it says you are arriving at you. It's the thing GPS does. You haven't arrived yet. You are almost there. You are arriving at. Okay. And then it cuts out because it cuts out before it finishes. You are 
arriving. You are arriving. Okay. I get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. You're right. I mentioned it because it's like the best privilege time part of this, in my opinion. So the camera cuts. We have no time display. We come back in. We come back in. We have no time display. Uh-huh. The we car see- appears to be on its side and on fire? Yeah, we see what looks like fire through the windshield. A broken windshield. Broken, and then very distortedly, the GPS tells us, You have arrived at your destination. Yeah, and that's the first episode of Local 58. Mm-hmm. It's about a possessed GPS. I'm pretty sure Robot Chicken did this as a sketch a long time ago where the GPS was sentient and led someone to their death. Yeah, but I think that was less spookums and more like the person like pissed off their GPS so the GPS led them off a cliff. Eh. I think and I think that was Robot Chicken spoofing that story about a woman who drove off a cliff because she just followed her GPS and... I'm just saying, feels like it's been done before. Yeah. No, I honestly have no issues with this. It was fine. I do find the lack of audio annoying slash kind of odd. It's not even that we don't hear anyone talk. We never hear them, but we are picking up all of the other sounds, which would almost make it seem like this camera has a mic on the outside, but that's not really how dashboard cams work. And like, even just like the sound of someone in the car, I think would do a lot, but there's nothing there. Yeah, there's nothing, which is a weird choice. Because it's picking up the GPS sound from in the car. And also this person drove for like two and a half plus hours with no music or anything. Well. In deafening silence. But I guess they just couldn't afford the copyrights for it. So three and a half hours. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, next episode is called Contingency. This one will be very fast. This one is basically all just text on a screen. Well, it starts with an outside shot and then cuts to a static shock of a building with the out- with the local 58 logo over it. Yeah, assumingly their station house or what they advertise at their station house for their channel. And then it cuts to a schedule card. Um, 3 a.m. End of broadcast day and this is all set to generic filler music yeah basically almost hold music then we get this concludes our broadcast day with patriotic music and a flag and the music distorts a voice says have a great night over the image of the moon landing mm-hmm. and then we get a test screen with the test noise oh test screens and test noises mm-hmm. how i miss you and then we get a seal for a u.s agency the seal is the u.s department for the preservation of american dignity yes and the seal has a globe with a sword and feather over it, a flag draped over the top part with a scales sitting on top, and over what I guess I'm going to call the shoulders of the globe, which feels wrong, but on either side of the globe, basically, there's a man and a woman. Yep. Then we get a card that says, do not use after November 13th, 1970, contingency message rule. Locator. The locator you, is just a thing that's used to let you know what the source is, where to find it. Uh, used U.S. Department for... Yeah, it's basically a file name. Preservation of American Dignity, file number. And then it says, to be used only in the event of United States complete surrender to insurmountable enemy forces. Public broadcast only on Pong confirmed condition. 12 Omaha, solemn certainty, which would be the uh, operation name or the file name. And we get the beginning of a contingency message. So the test screen changes to the American flag billowing in the air to the sound of the Star Spangled Banner as a message scrolls up the screen. Mm -hmm. And on the top left, we have a box for a date, but the date's not been filled in, Mm -hmm. which means this is a rubber stamp message, meaning we have this ready. We just put in the date whenever we need, which immediately from here implies that this message is not supposed to be being shown. Or that they didn't have time to Or that they didn't have time. There are two options. Either things are really hitting the wall. So the message says, the worst has come to pass. And then through a scrolling message, continues to detail that despite sacrifice, America is now an occupied state and has been forced to surrender. But it ends with the message, the enemy will never occupy our spirit. Yes. And then we're continuing on and it's asking the people of the U.S. To take action. To preserve the memory of the United States. That way it can remain pure and untarnished despite this loss, basically. And then the scrolls in the voice of the president. I don't mean that we get voiceover, but like it's done from the perspective of the president because it says, know that I have already taken action in the company of my loved ones. Now, all of you should basically. Yep. 
and then we get another panel that calls for the Americans to act. That we, history we, shall remember that even in defeat, we refuse to yield. And that even in defeat, we claim to victory. We got Don't go softly into that Dark Knight bullshit speech. And then it's from the president. It's signed from the state of the president. Yep. And then we get, obviously, much more explicit directions to kill yourself. Well, the image goes to an image of pink carnations. Yeah. And the song changes from Star Spangled Banner to My Country Tis of Thee. Mm-hmm. And the text continues to urge Americans to take action, but it's not quite clear what that action is. No, yet. but the top text of this panel is Honor Liberty by taking the final and greatest liberty of all. You take America with you, with the seal from the Department mm-hmm. for Preservation of America. And then we go to our next panel, which is... um, Which is more flowers, mm-hmm. but also very explicitly telling you to kill yourself. Well, no, that's the one after this. One. This mm-hmm. one tells us that we'll all be remembered and that now is the time. Please use the means most accessible and available to you. Okay. And then the next one is, guns are preferred. Put one, take the muzzle, put it in your mouth. Yeah, it gives you explicit instructions on how to kill yourself with a gun. It implies God has also committed suicide, mm-hmm. my favorite line of this entire it thing. It you your families, your neighbors, and God. And it says your country needs you to say goodbye with pride. Which, honestly, that panel is, like, the perfect type of, like, 2010s, 2012, like, response image when, when you're yeah. in an argument on the internet where, like, somebody, somebody says something and you want to tell them to KMS. Yeah. You could just reply with this picture that says your country needs you to say goodbye with pride. Yes. <laughs> Stop arguing here before you make yourself look stupider. Mm-hmm. And then we go to our next one, which is just to let you know that, hey, you have to do it now. It's illegal if you don't. But don't worry. Cops are willing to assist you. Which is fine. Cops have been willing to assist you with that. Or force it upon you for decades. Well, I mean, it's, it should be important to note that it's not illegal to not kill yourself. It's it, illegal to delay killing yourself. Yes. So, yeah. Same thing at the end of the day. But and, and then the bottom of the message just tells you that this message will repeat until no one is alive to read it, which to me implies the message will constantly repeat because if no one's alive to read it, that means there's no one alive to stop it. Next panel is to remember the three Fs. If front possible. Lawn, front lawn, face up, feet together. But only if there is time. Mm-hmm. And then the next one tells you to worry about your kids first. Kill the brats first. Everyone can do their part. Calmly. Infants and pets are the smallest patriots. That is a direct quote, and it literally has a picture of a baby, and it's the fucking best panel because it it flashes up only briefly, almost to a kin that the person making this like, I'm down with all of this, and I thought this line would be great, but I don't want to show it too long, but I love it. Um, The next one is a very quick panel, like, blink and you miss Mm -hmm. it panel. In fact, if you don't blink, you still probably won't have time to read it, and it just says, the 51st state is not a place. I got the 51st state, and I was like, oh shit, are we talking about, like, which 51st state? It's like the 70s. So I was like, is this supposed to be, like, a state superior is a thing? And Josh had no idea what I was talking about. So if anyone doesn't know, state superior is a planned, like, thing that a lot of upper state Michigan wanted, like, not even, like, 20 years after after they were founded and they've just kind of been insisting it here and there throughout their history it's weird it's also completely irrelevant to this yeah i just thought i'd mention it because the 51st state could also be puerto rico or american samoa or cuba or we don't own cuba not yet <sighs> anyways uh it cuts to a test screen the music slows down we then get a local 58 technical difficulty screen that displays we apologize for the interruption and this screen changes to say that local 58 issues a correction earlier today the station aired what appeared to be a warning message from a u.s government agency this has been confirmed as a hoax local yes. 58 apologizes for any confusion that may have resulted and then the final image of this video is a very brief other image a panel from the u.s department of american preservation of american dignity yep that one and so this other department for the preservation of american dignity card is labeled local 58 hoax apology card and lists the instructions that this is to be played in case of accidental broadcast of the contingency plan broadcast during any off-air operations tests 
Yes. So basically, you forgot to fucking turn off broadcast while you were making sure this thing works, just in case we ever need it. So now you have to run this other thing to tell people that that thing that you did run to see if it would run was actually a fake, when it wasn't. And then, apologize for anybody that accidentally may have killed themselves because they were following the instructions from the U.S. Department. Yeah. A preservation of American dignity. And then whoever obviously ran this just didn't run it correctly because they forgot to stop it before this last package for the panel played. Yeah, that's... I feel like someone's intentionally doing this over there at Local 58. Someone's just like, guys, I just got hired and I learned the weirdest fucking thing. So that's Local 58. What did you think? Better than the back rooms. I love Local 58. Local I, 58 is actually just neat so far. I watched all of Local 58 back in like 2019, 2020. And remembered like none of it. 100%. <laughs> uh, my memory is garbage. We know that. Yeah. Honestly, but, Local 58, maybe not the first one, but the second one definitely feels like almost an asset for a different project. Well, the best part is I just found out that there's a new episode that came out like less than three months ago. Yeah. So Local 58 is still cranking stuff out if you want to go watch Local mm-hmm. 58. And there's also, honestly, not a lot of yeah, it's like 11 episodes, maybe? Yeah. Anyways, though, from there... Actually, wait, oh. sorry. Would you watch more? I'm going to watch more. I'm going to finish the series off. Nice. I love Local 58. Like I said, I think it's really neat. The first one was all right. It was a bit long, given the fact that the majority of it was just driving, but I do understand it was meant to like set it all up. Right. But it was it was kind of boring, but it was still fine. Would you watch more of Local 58? I would. I would. Hmm. So next up is what? And then, so our next continuation for Fright Flight is Gemini Home Entertainment, which you can find on their YouTube channel, Gemini Home Entertainment. And the first video we'll be watching from them is World's Weirdest Animals, which opens with a logo for Gemini, which is a bluish sphere with a reddish haze around the outside. I mean, I believe it's supposed to be a planet. It looks very similar to how I've seen I do, yeah, I Neptune. Did, I did put planetoid in my notes, yeah. but the word Gemini written across the front and then Home Entertainment underneath yeah, that. Yeah, Gemini's written in gold above it. Not above, across oh, the across top. Across the top, yeah. yeah. Technically superimposed above it, but not above, above. On the upper layer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then we see the planet Earth and the episode title, World's Weirdest Animals, mm-hmm. all with a relaxing tone music set to it. Yeah, honestly, it feels like the kind of like cheap, I don't feel like teaching my like third grade science class today. Yeah, and that's exactly what this video is, because we zoom into a map of Minnesota, and we zoom to Wilkin County. Rural Minnesota. Uh So, this is specifically a videotape you're meant to show your class if you're teaching third grade biology to Minnesotans. Yes, and you don't want to teach them today. So, we get some highway footage as a car drives down the highway with the camera pointed out the window. To uh, farmland shots, yeah. And then it says, Animal 1. And then a video on a green frame Mm -hmm. shows up, and it says, Greater Prairie Chicken. It talks about how the greater prairie chicken is native to Central North America. They're known for their protruding air sacs and ear-like feather protrusions. Yep, males perform lucking as a mating ritual, utilizing their air sacs. Which, what that is, if you do not know, is they puff out their throats, basically, which has a bit of a yellow plumage on it. Mm-hmm. It then just play to get mates. And then we continue on to the If you, like me, ever wondered why the giant chicken robots and... Horizon Zero Dawn have air pockets on their chest that they use to shoot fire. It's because these chickens have giant air pockets on their chest they use to shoot fire. Not fire, but yes. So (laughs) then we learn that also apparently in winter, weirdly enough, they kind of bury in snow to stay warm. How weird, isn't that? Isn't that just a fun fact? And then we zoom into Clay County, which just seems to be not too far north of Wilkins County. We get some more highway footage. Mm -hmm. Animal number two, the burrowing owl. Once found all over America, they are now much rarer. They burrow nests instead of nesting in trees, and they live in prairies where they can use former squirrel and badger holes 
as their nests. Yep. And then we cut back to the overall state view of Minnesota, and the entire map is now red. And we are told that this animal we're about to see appears everywhere in Minnesota. We get some more highway. The music from the intro and the rest of this video cuts out. It doesn't cut out. It gets really, really choppy. But then it cuts out. Mm -hmm. And And we're in just a normal brown screen for quite a few seconds. And then the video takes the center of the screen. Should be noted, the screen color has been different for each animal. For the chickens, it was green. For the owls, it was blue. And now it's brown. Yes. And we see like some type of footprints and snow. Well, first we see a a snowy brush. Yeah, that's right. And we are told we are going to learn about wood crawlers. And honestly, my first reaction was, I have no idea what that's supposed to fucking be. Maybe it's like a a colloquial name for an animal. Yeah. Like, like, that sounds like some fucking shit I'd hear someone tell me is like the name for like a stick bug. Well, to be fair, wood crawlers are actually found all over North America. Yeah. And they're actually excellent hunters. Mm -hmm. And they're able to tread through most terrains without making any noise. Mm -hmm. So actually kind of a scary predator. And they prefer nesting in homes of large families where they can adapt easier. Which, you know, sounds a lot like like field mice almost. But you will hear screaming. Mm-hmm. They stole their voices. Burn the bodies, lest they stand up again. Mm-hmm. Nature's mockery. And when we hear the thing about the uh, fact that they prefer to nest in large family homes, we see a house. When we're told they stole their voices, we hear a dog barking. And then when we're told to burn the bodies, we see some burning boxes and refuse. And then Nature's Mockery, we're inside a, like, laundry room? Yeah, we got to the inside of a laundry room, and it says, Nature's Mockery. And then it seems like... Two giant spider legs just pop out of the doorway, like, yeah, and slam like, into the floor. And then after they slam into the floor, the camera falls sideways, and static cuts out before going to black. So it didn't seem to me like the camera fell. It felt like there was more, like, actual motion behind it. To me, it felt like the cameraman was, like, ducking out of sight. Fair enough. Their screen goes static and then black. Yeah. So the camera comes back up, focused on the house. Now it's nighttime. And they're outside the house. Something's moving on the right side of the frame. Yeah. The cameraman notices it, turns to leave, camera goes to static, and mm-hmm. then back to black. And then we are once again outside. This time looking through a window. Mm-hmm. And we see like two shadowy figures of people standing by a table, and slowly bit by bit they resolve, resolve a bit more. And it's like a grown man and a young child kind of just standing there. The man is moving weirdly though, and like making clacking noises with his mouth. Like, his upper mouth and, like, our shoulders are moving yeah, he, weird. Yeah, he seems to be twitching with his upper body a bit. So the camera goes black, and then when we get another image, it looks like both the man and the cameraman are outside now. I would say that, but, like, the angle of the lighting for the guy doesn't make sense if he's outside. Yeah, I couldn't tell so where the So I think he's be. inside, but with, like, one light source almost. And now he's making, like, popping noises with his mouth. Honestly, he looks to almost be emulating human facial movement. Yeah. But, like, not completely understanding. He's adapting, it seems, to how human faces work. Yeah. And then back at the window, we watch the boy just walk back and forth through the house. Mm-hmm. Back yeah. and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then... I believe the cameraman's w- now on the porch, because it sounds like he's yeah. walking on, like, wood. It's creaking. And he's looking through, and he's, he's got his camera focused on the man. And then the man notices him and comes running at him through the window. Mm-hmm. And the camera goes back to it static definitely, and like, black. falls at this time. Yeah. yeah. And we cut back to the Earth with the world's weirdest animals graphic before fading to the Gemini logo. And that's the end of this Gemini Home Entertainment production. What are your thoughts? Would you watch more? I love the first half of this video because it strongly baits you in. Yeah. I did forget to mention something. Yes. So we get a shot from the man from behind at one point, and it's subtitled fake people oh yeah it does say fake people at a point yep you're right so wood crawlers are fake people or they become fake people my question is he's like this is the one thing i had an issue with when we had the wood crawlers up until the camera seemed to duck at a view in the laundry room Mm -hmm. we are still kind of in the animal info thing animal documentary thing and then it changes yeah so are these fake people a different animal i don't know my also my only other issue is um clearly this wasn't done with like 
a budget because those wood crawler legs just look like someone painted some cardboard gray. Yeah. Which is fine. Like, other than that, I actually really enjoyed this thing. I think it was fairly well done and kind of creative. Yeah, it was fine. I don't know if I'd watch more, but like, this was fine. Yeah. And then we have the second episode from Gemini Home Entertainment, and it is Storm Safety Tips. And the video opens with the Gemini Home Entertainment logo. Mm-hmm. And then most of this video is text on a gray blue screen. Yep. With music that is very reminiscent of like standard hold music. It is halfway through the video you're showing your third grade science class on tornadoes. The part where you actually technically have to be teaching them something instead of them watching tornadoes on the screen. And then we get the title. Storm Safety Tips, brought to you by Harbinge Technologies. Mm-hmm. And then we have our next card. Storms can be violent and dangerous in this cassette. You will learn how to protect you and your family when a severe storm hits your home. I'm going to tell you now, our review of this episode is just going to mean you don't have to watch this episode. Because I, mean, I wasn't going to do exactly that, but yeah. <laughs> the next card is part one. Prepare in advance. You do not want to get caught in a storm unprepared. To prepare your home in case of a storm, follow these steps. Step one, reinforce your home. This may involve improving structural support, replacing roof shingles, or fixing any possible leaks. Step two, install an early warning system. This will allow you to know beforehand if a storm or other danger is approaching your home. Recommended, Albedo Alarm from Harbinge Technologies. And then we get to step three. Create a storm bunker. Make sure the bunker matches the following measurements. 10 feet by 18 feet. Create concrete foundation at least 8 inches thick. In the center of your bunker, install a large aluminum hemisphere 4 to 5 feet in diameter. Place a shortwave radio next to the hemisphere. Recommended timber radio from Harbinger Technologies within 4 to 5 feet of your hemisphere. Only turn on the radio in the event of an emergency. Part 2. What to do yeah. during a storm. Well, here, we the video gets static. Like, it says to only turn the radio on in the event of an emergency and it gets staticky. And we cut to part two. Mm -hmm. What to do during a storm. In the event that a storm hits your home, it is important to follow these steps. Step one, quietly take your family to your bunker. Your home does not belong to you now. Step two, turn on shortwave radio. Ignore all sounds produced by radio. These are auditory hallucinations. Step three, remain calm. Your tears are filled with salt. Before we step into part three, I just want to say this entire thing feels like a Welcome to Night Vale bit. It really, really does. And I've talked about it before. We like Welcome to Night Vale. So obviously this one's going up pretty well so far. I haven't kept up with Welcome to Night Vale because it's a lot. Yeah. Goddamn is Welcome to Night Vale just gravy, especially like the first 80 episodes probably. Oh yeah, definitely. The first book. Welcome to Night Vale. The second book's good too. So good. So much fun. Mm. So then we get to part three. After a storm. If you believe the storm has passed, carefully leave your bunker to survey for damages. If your house has been severely damaged, check for movement. Do you hear the chime? You are safe. The storm has passed over. So then we get the audio distorting again. Then on the screen, we have text. Look to the field. Do you see lights? Return to your bunker. Yeah, so then the background music goes on hold and it starts to distort and then it ends. Mm -hmm. And we now see like just a wet field. Yeah. It's evening. There are clouds in the distance. It's either evening or morning. It's hard to tell. I think it looks more evening. You're right. So do I. Because it feels like the lights, I know it's going to sound weird in the statement because like the light sounds, the light feels like it's coming more from above, which is like, obviously the sun could be in the same position and it's still image, right? Don't even try to defend this. It just, it feels more night. Yeah, I know. My brain's just like in the still image, it lights more from above. It feels like evening because the sun's setting. But that doesn't fucking mean anything. My brain's just making excuses. We then cut to an image of a storm siren. No, not yet. Sorry. Mm-hmm. We see one light appear in the field. And then another light. And then another light. And they start appearing too fast to count. And then we get a newer, darker background. It's no longer the blue-gray. It's like a dark blue-black. Yes. And And we're back to screen text. But it's all italicized now. Mm -hmm. Listen. Under your feet. Crawling through the floor. And then we have static. 
and we resolve into an image of a storm siren on screen. And then we resolve back into our gray-blue background with our hold music mm-hmm. coming back. Congratulations. You are now well-equipped to defend you and your family against storms. Storm safety tips created by Remy Abode. Or Remy Abode. Depends on the Jews pr- pronounce their name. Gemini Home Video. Yep, that's Gemini it. Gemini Home Entertainment, but yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's it. So would you watch more things from the Gemini Home Entertainment channel? I wouldn't, like, sit down and watch these, but, like, I would put them on to just, like, have his background or, like, vaguely pay attention to while doing something else. Yeah, this, makes this sense. This one is hilarious. This one's fantastic. Like, I get the horror vibe is going for this, like... Remain calm. But it's... Your tears are salt. It's so good. Yeah, no, it's really nice. I like it. Your home no longer belongs to you. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely watch more of this one, too. But also, like, more of a passive thing. I don't want to go out of my way to watch it. But I would watch more if it was conveniently on in the background. Yeah. Our next series is called Just Acquaintances, which you can find at the YouTube channel. Just Acquaintances. All one word. It is also our only video that's not really horror analog. Analog horror. No, this is found footage. It's found footage. Yeah. yeah. So, we start with the episode introduction. And it's just a lot of white text on screen with slight video playing in the background that does not pertain to text. A lot of bird feeders and birds. Yeah. I mean, you use what stock footage you can get, man. So, I'm just going to run us down. Okay. Tell me if I forget anything. So, the video starts, and this is all white text on the screen, and the narrator, author, writer is telling us that in 2010, a high school acquaintance of his named Nick had a brother who went missing. Yes. He has yet to be found. We live in a fairly small town, so the news of his disappearance got around really fast. Yeah, and then also, Nick disappeared about a year later. Yep, in October. Police know nothing about either of them. Yep, they have found no evidence and gave up the search just as they did with his brother. He says, I believe they were both gone for good. That was Un- until this showed up at my doorstep. And we have an image of a box. He never mentions the box. It just shows up in the box. It's the, it's the one thing he doesn't put in white text that is probably the most important thing that should have been put in white text. Yeah, so he received a package and it was postmarked from before Nick's disappearance. The postman explains to him that the package got lost in transition and they only recently refound it. Yeah. And now he's got it. Our narrator feels it's very odd because it's from just about the time that Nick disappeared. Yep. But he opens it and inside there's a camcorder, a external hard drive, six, six memory, memory cards. cards. One USB cable, one USB cable. A charging cable. Mm. He he repeats one USB cable, which means he's a liar. So two two. USB. There's two of them. Well, he was just counting them individually. One USB cable, one USB cable, (laughs) one memory card, one One memory memory card, card, one one memory card, one memory card, one memory card, one memory card, one external hard drive. Yeah, he then tells us that he's going to be watching through these videos, and if he finds anything interesting, he'll post it on YouTube. Yeah. And not to go to the police with it, because fuck the police. That's how that she goes, A cab. And that, yeah, he might be a bit consistent. He'll post it whenever he's available. He has a busy schedule. And he will keep his face and name out of it because he is weirded mm-hmm. out by everything going on. And he'll do the same for anyone in the video, is what he said. But our next episode, we meet three people. Two of them are assumedly the brothers, Nick and his brother. And then there's a third person. The other two people are Mark and Austin. One of them mm-hmm. is one of the missing brothers. But we don't know which. And the other is a friend of theirs. Yes. And also we get the name drop for this channel and series in this because OP uploader, whatever you want to call him, is just like, yeah, I'm going to go through this season and interesting, but I just don't know why Nick would send this to me. We were just acquaintances. Roll credits. Series over. We're done. Yeah. So then we have episode two or actual episode one. The Batstow Cemetery. Yes. So the second video starts with a black screen and more white text because this guy loves black screens and white texts. Yep. 
And it says, after looking through clips, I found something that I think might be significant. And then the camera starts up in the forest, maybe. And it is 1027 a.m. September 3rd, 2010. Yes. Approximately one month before Nick's brother goes missing. Mm -hmm. We get an outside bird feeder shot, which makes me think that the shots he used in the first one might have been samples from the film already. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Then we get a shot inside the house. We have... Nick or his brother. I assume Nick because Nick is the one that sent the package, so Nick is probably the one with the camera. Well... We know Nick's... It has to be Nick because of later things. Is in his room, assumedly. Looks at a mirror. I thought it was a hallway because it looked like... like It didn't look like a room. It looked like he was out in a hallway with... Yeah. He looks in a mirror. We see him. He's wearing a white shirt. And then, and then he's walking off into like through the kitchen area towards another hallway. They appear to be living in a double wide. Yeah. And then the two brothers and a friend talk in the hallway because mm-hmm. Nick is getting ready to go somewhere. And um, assumedly his brother stops him. Yeah. His brother's wearing a black shirt with a watch and has a watch. These are the only identifiers I have for people. So I use what I have. And they're kind of just talking. And then their friend, assumedly it's their friend, mentions that, hey, this. Look how this burn mark is healing up. Yeah. And it doesn't really look and much. He blames more. Nick's brother for it or something. Yeah. And then they just kind of talk about how he could have used it to attract girls. Yep. So the brother with the camera tells the other brother to lift up his shirt. He's like, hey, lift up your shirt. And he's like, no. Lift up your shirt. And then we just cut from there. Yeah. To the same watch brother. Same day because mm-hmm. the, the clock doesn't change. Yeah. And he's just doing a sponsor for the generic lemon lime soda twist up. And now he's wearing his jacket, though. Yes. But the sponsorship for twist up ends with when life's got you down, twist up. Honestly, not a bad line. Not a bad lime at all. Yep. And then we cut. I said lime because I got like you. The, I just ignored it. Is it lemon lime soda? Like yeah. So, yep. yep. <laughs> and then we see Watch Brother getting into his car, and he's he like, says something about don't like, no, don't record yet, bro. Yeah. And then we have a shot of the car driving towards the camera. And then it continues. It's basically just like, here, I'm grabbing the shot. I'll probably edit it later for something. Or I just wanted the shot. And he's just like, I thought this would be neat. We see Watch Bro drive off. And we cut to a new time, 11.39 a.m., same day, September 3rd, 2010. Mm-hmm. He's filming in the house. The TV's on in the background. Cambro, which we now know is Nick, grabs mm-hmm. his keys and starts driving. Yeah, he's going to Batstow Cemetery. This is also where we learn his name. And he says that Mark and Austin refused to go back to Batstow Cemetery for some unknown reason. Mm-hmm. Which, if you're wondering how this proves his name, we know there are three people here. One and of by the process of elimination, one has to be Nick. Neither Mark or Austin will go to the cemetery. So the person going to the cemetery is Nick. It's like one of those word problems from elementary school. Yeah, you never thought those word problems would matter in your life. You're wrong. Sometimes, sometimes filmmakers don't tell you who characters are and you have to extrapolate. Sometimes <laughs> filmmakers are bad at their job. Yeah. So anyways, he mentions that it's a brand new camera. Then he parks his car, gets out, trudges through the cemetery until he finds a road closed sign. He's like, oh, I guess this used well, to be a road. He doesn't even go to the cemetery first. He mentions the fact that he thinks there's like a bridge behind here behind the church supposedly yeah but he parked at the church so he's like yeah but he hasn't gone through the cemetery yeah and assuming he goes behind the church but this area definitely doesn't look like it's behind the church also because we find out that there's tombstones that date back to like the 1800s there's no way there's this metal rusted sign that says road closed road closed in a cemetery that goes back to the 1800s yeah no they definitely aren't in the same spot yeah Um, unless the church is to the well the church is kind of to the left of the cemetery area but i don't know there was no continued road past the church anyway Anyways, there's an old wooden bridge. He mentions that he doesn't yeah. feel safe on it. 
Um, he and then he's immediately like, oh, this feels pretty stable. And then immediately goes underneath the bridge. And he I kind of wanders around the trees a bit. I expected a jump scare here based on like the type of thing we were watching, but nothing happens. How dark it gets and everything. Yep. No, we just cut to him now walking. And then he's trudging through the cemetery. And he's like, can't even read some of these tombstones. This one says 1819. This one's 1822. Which makes sense because we learned the by looking at the church. In 1808. Yeah. So uh, We also learned that the church is the Batso Pleasant Mills Cemetery. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the cemetery, not the church. But yeah. So then he's back by the creek area again. We hear a dog bark. He turns to face the creek, says, what the hell? And starts running. Yeah. We just see him running. Then he gets in his car and he's like, guess I'm never coming back here again alone. Yeah. And we still hold the door. And then he's back on the road out from behind the cemetery. And he's like, I don't want to come back here again. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, I love like, the let's just leave it at that Yeah, one. and then he's just like, I guess I'll show my brother this. And um, then he gets out of his car at home and pets his cat. Well, back in the car on the way to his house, we get a new timestamp. Same day, 1.13 p.m. So it's been about an hour, hour and a half, basically, since we started all this. Since, well, since he left home. So this place is either rather close to his home or he was here for no time at all, which wouldn't really seem to make up with the fact that he appeared to be wandering in the forest because the forest bits weren't like a seamless shot. I feel like he shot. was probably there for like 40, 45 minutes and like yeah. probably within like 10, 15 minutes of his house. That's my assumption. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he gets out of his car, his cat walks up to him, he scratches cat, episode ends with white text on black screen, and it says, I'm going to continue looking for anything else of importance, implying that this was of importance, which it's not, because nothing happens. Look, this just makes me think that Nick is terrified of dogs, and is just like, man, I really like this place, I want to show my brother that there's nothing weird about it, because I really like that creek, it looks like a great fishing hole. No, I, I don't know, I think he's just afraid of dogs in the context of creeks. Dogs shouldn't be in water. It's not natural, I tell you. It ain't natural. Yeah. It's fine. It feels very like Marble Hornets in its style. Yeah. Which we've reviewed the first episodes of Marble Hornets before, and Marble Hornets was boring. <laughs> it definitely wasn't but my Marble cup of tea. Marble Hornets does more in its first two episodes than this does. Yeah, because the second episode of Marble Hornets actually has Mr. Slenderman. Well, that and it's taken completely out of any relevant time frame or anything. It wasn't like, here's the first thing, because it was just like, I got all this stuff and I don't know what order they go in, right? Yeah. Whereas apparently this guy seems to know the order it goes in, because... I mean, if you looked at the memory cards, I think they had numbers on them. Well, even if he didn't look at the memory cards, the files are probably, like, time-stamped. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Whereas from Rubber Hornets, which is like, my friend was recording a movie, date doesn't fucking necessarily mean anything. This is kind of boring. Agreed. Yeah, so I think this Fright Flight has been more of a letdown than the last couple. Ah! (laughs) More more of a letdown than the one, but less of a letdown than the one where he watched Hi, I'm Mary Mary and all of those. Is that that second Fright Flight, I think, with Hi, I'm Mary Mary? Very good. Very solid. Hi, I'm Mary Mary was the first time, bud. Oh, was it? Yeah. I don't remember our Fright Flights. The second one had Luis's Missing and two three. Uh, so I think this was better than year two, but worse than year one. I would agree. Okay. Yeah. I had fun with it, though. I like Fright Flights. And if you do, too, something tangentially related to this reviewing more horror-based stuff, I have, on our Patreon, been watching horror movies every day this month. And, and he's been hating almost every day this month. And it's killing me. Correlation is not causation. I like some horror movies, but I'm dropping them in batches of three, the reviews. Yeah. They're audio reviews on the Patreon, and anybody who subscribes at any Patreon tier can listen to those. They're not very long. Don't get your hopes up. I think 15 minutes and 10 minutes is about it. Yeah, roughly. For the first two drops. Though, to keep with naming aesthetic, they are short haul. Oh, wings. Because a short haul is a short flight, whether it be time or distance. I'm trying to, like, fill in my gaps in the horror movies because I've 
Somehow I've just missed a bunch of movies throughout history. Basically, if it's before 2000, the chance of him seeing it goes exponentially down by basically every year you get farther away from the current century. Yeah, especially if it's a horror movie, mm-hmm. which all of these movies I'm watching are horror movies. But if you want to find our Patreon, you can do that by finding our website, www.copilotsreview.simplecast.com, or by finding the Patreon itself, www.patreon.com backslash copilotsreview. Yes. And if you want to tell Josh about any horror movies he should watch, you can do that by tweeting at us on Twitter at CopilotsReview. Or emailing us at CopilotsReview at gmail.com. And if remembering one of those is too hard to, or you just don't feel like it, you can always go to our website, CopilotsReview.Simplecast.com, where you can find a link to Twitter, YouTube, our Gmail, our Patreon, and our Discord, which you can also ask a question there if you want. Yep. But thanks for joining us on this flight. There is no interstitial episode this month. This takes the place of that. But we want to thank you for joining us on this fright flight. And we'll see you again for one more spooky movie. Or I guess we'll see you again for one more spooky series this month. Or like another 24 spooky movies. (laughs) Sucks to be you.